Hello and welcome back to the Just Hoops podcast. Uh, today we have basketball to talk about finally. We have actual, not real meaningful games, but we got preseason basketball. Um, after, we're, we're doing this on Monday, so by the time you're hearing this, everybody should have played their first preseason game. Uh, not everybody's playing though, uh, but we get a little bit of a feel of what some teams are going to be looking like this year, what they're going to be doing offensively, defensively, um, just a little taste. And me and Jacob are going to talk about our top three takeaways from what we've seen so far. Granted, we both, we are doing this on Monday and not every team has played yet. There's a few teams playing right now. We're releasing this on Tuesday. Just because I don't want as big of a time lapse, mm-hmm. especially with like Wemby playing tonight. We got the OKC Perfect. playing their first game. So we won't have any info except it's five minutes left in the third quarter and Wemby has 20. Um, I doubt he's going to continue to play much at all, but the Celtics played their starters in the fourth quarter. So I don't know what – the Pistons played their rookies and young guys the whole game. Yes. So every team attacks preseason differently, but I'm sorry for cutting you off. It's okay. Uh, I was going to ask you how you were doing. I'm doing fantastic. I wish we were able to record tomorrow just because of having the Real Madrid game, mm-hmm. the uh, Tappens game, and I think the news, yeah, the Breakers are also playing NBA teams. I think that that's just fun stuff to talk about. But we are recording on Monday evening. There has been a lot of good preseason basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some we're getting a view of different coaches with new spots, new players, and new places. And at the end of the day, it's live basketball. So fire me. Up. And another thing, y'all need to tune into the NBL. That that's some high level stuff that they do over there in Australia. Some good basketball. It's fun to watch. Uh, that was my little. Uh, I've been tuning in. Um, the Sydney Kings are really fun. Perth is really good. Uh, if you like horns actions, they're pretty good. Um, but both teams do a good job defensively too. Perth has a nice one-two-two press back to man, high pressure defense, and then Sydney switches one through five when they shouldn't switch one through five, but they do a good job of it. Um, fun stuff over there. Thus, I need more of my yellow pads. That's what I was talking about with Josh before hopping on. But Josh, how are you doing? I am, man. It's been busy. We got midterms, practices starting up. You know. Busy I see time. you in a couple of days. Yes, I will be in Boston in a few days. Uh, so, yeah, we're a lot of stuff coming up, but we're getting through it. Fair, fair. Yeah. I was so, supposed to podcast an hour ago, but I had projects and quizzes to get done. So, Josh was being an academic weapon. I respect it. But. To get into the uh, meat and potatoes, as some may say, uh, today's podcast is going to be basically our top three takeaways thus far or things we're looking forward to seeing in the preseason. Um, So with that being said, Josh, what is your 
first takeaway you want to touch on? Um, I usually wait till the end of this, but they were the most impressive team I've seen. The Phoenix Suns, when they played their guys, my Explosive. lord. Explosive, man. They shot 85% from the field in the first quarter, 80% from three. They <laughs> put up 46 points. My goodness. They looked good. It was Whatever. explosive offense. It was it was beautiful. And they're you could tell in the second quarter they don't have chemistry. Like they didn't people didn't know where to move. It was it was a little stagnant in the second quarter. And then the deep bench, I hated the deep bench. The second half got me mad. I think though, like even the second quarter, the lineup itself. Oh, the lineups like, are in, really I like it. I like them. I texted you even when they did the uh, book and book or Beal because they subbed for each other with uh, Allen, Watanabe, Bates, Diop, I think, and mm-hmm. Eubanks. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is fun. That's a fun lineup. The starters, though, man, that they clicked. They click. The vision, the vision with Nurkic, I see it like very vividly now. I, I think Eubanks before. works better. Eubanks works better. Eubanks, he just moves better. I think that I think uh, the Nurkic playmaking is just Eubanks rim protection though. I think Eubanks offers you a better whole package. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Eubanks ends up starting when winning time comes around. I don't know, but I, I also know. think at the end of the day, winning time's coming, and you're playing Kevin Durant at the five. I want. I would love to see K, KD at the five minutes. Grayson Allen, though, he played very good. He's a, he's good. a starting level two guard in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And on you have Eric with, Gordon on a team with two really good shoot, two of the best shooting guards in the league, and probably the best backup in the league. Nah, but I wouldn't be surprised in, if I like I like a Kogi with the starting five. I do too. I he offers you that. The difference, like it's a different yeah. guy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised though if they go for Grayson Allen at some point, like during this preseason to try that. I think we're going to see a lot from the Suns with that starting five though from the preseason. They're not going to sit them, maybe yeah. the last two games, but they might go into street clothes after halftime though. So you never know. I will say the three man actions. Whether it was Zoom, Chicago's splits, like it was elite. Pistol, mm-hmm. whatever three man action you can whip up in then, your head, they did it. Because then you got a four, uh, a guy in the cor- uh, opposite corner that's a forty percent three point shooter, so you can't help off that. Can't help to really can't tag the roll, so it it just puts defenses in a tough position. Now their defense, I feel like with their starters, looked really really good. Like, not really, really good. Like, there's a lot it of... It looked room. okay. It looked better than I thought. It looked okay. Don't don't use the not word Not really. Okay. I, 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 it looked a lot better than I was expecting. That's the only I good defense it. I've seen in the preseason thus far is Boston. I, did not, I was unable to and watch one. You didn't watch Boston at all? I watched the fourth, but when they didn't have anybody in. So you at least saw the Peyton that's Pritchard the show. Only, <laughs> that's the only game I didn't watch. Ah, oh, that was some Everything good. Everything else that I was watched a, the offensive clips. 
until that felt the, like a regular season game. Oh, I, I know the atmosphere in the fourth quarter. I was like, whoa. That felt like a regular, like to watch it felt like a regular season game. It was fun. I watched it live, rewatched it today. It was really good basketball. Did but, Drew um, for yeah, he was all right. He wasn't like yeah. great, but like defensively, he just like did everything he does. Like he played like it was a win, win now game for them in terms of defense. I think they're still trying to get him adapted because he missed the first day of training camp. Um, and like, he's still so new, like that trade was so late. So they're playing him more with the bench, but there, he is a unique role. There's no one else on that team that they put on the porch. That's a guard except him. Like the offense changes with him on the floor. Didn't they put, they put Drew White or they're, they don't put him, put him in the corners. He works the porch and the bigs work the porches. I thought that's that he, it. like, well, he cuts baseline a lot, so maybe that's what I'm thinking. But that was Milwaukee. Or you mean Derek White cutting baseline? Derek White. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. um, I just remember him getting the ball in the playoffs a lot on the baseline. Yeah. But um, I'm going to piggyback off you with the Phoenix one. It This offense was next level. Just the way that the ball was moving, there was a pop. Um. The action that they were getting consistently leading to really good looks time and time again down the floor. You brought up the numbers. Shooting 84% in a quarter is wow. Like, oh, wow. Um, And it didn't feel like it, but, like, you knew that there was good energy with the ball and stuff like that. So they're going to be set up pretty well. Um, I will say my first one, though, I'm going to go Timberwolves. And Carl Anthony Towns, um, I I never saw a cat that looked motivated. And the way that they're utilizing him, I don't know if you saw them at all, but he's being played like a wing, finally. And mm-hmm. the perimeter-based play, and then, like, they're playing him like a Giannis. They're using him like Kevin Durant, like, they're trying to get him perimeter first, and if you get a mismatch, we'll get you a post-touch. Yeah, he sends screens. He's doing all that stuff still. But Finch has definitely switched his mindset from, oh, I have two bigs to, oh, I have Carl Anthony Towns and Gobert, two guys that are very different because even with Nas Reed on the floor, it, everything changes. So it's a very – he's playing like a wing, and along with the new role, I think – he just fits that better. And I also think he is more in shape than he's probably been entering a season due to playing for the Dominican Republic. Um, I think he's bound to have a year. Um, might not have been like – this might not be a big takeaway or anything, but I will say Cat is somebody that, even if he doesn't play another preseason game, like he – the demeanor he had in Abu Dhabi for the Wolves, I think that that type of demeanor, energy, attention, detail, if that's brought into the regular season for 50 games, we have a Carl Anthony Towns that's arguably, or whatever the minimum is, I'll say 60 games, 65 games, is an all-NBA level type of guy um, because he could do everything at both ends that you need him to to win games. 
and he's one of the most versatile offensive players. He was locked in defensively. Um, and everybody knows the talent that he has. So that's going to be my first takeaway. Yeah, no, it was really interesting to watch, especially their offense. You know what I mean by him being a – did you hear that? Yeah, I heard that. That's why oh. I stopped. My bad. <laughs> but uh, you, like, realized how he was being utilized, right? Like, I wasn't tripping. Yeah. Like, yeah, they no, put him on the wing and on the perimeter. I feel like they did that a little bit more at the end. of. I think they did it a little bit at the end of last season. So, maybe that was just something that they thought that worked and they wanted to try it a little bit more now. But um, I think the big adjustment is, is that now it's the offense rather than, like, Finch adjusting when Cat returned from injury. You know? Like, now it's like, hey, this is how we're going to play ball. And Cat yeah. looks comfy. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, it's definitely – they they looked very good, um, especially in the game that Ant played. I really, especially on the offensive end, I think that they looked like it flowed really well. Um, my second one, I know this is probably going to be one of yours too, but I'm going to talk a little bit about a different guy. Uh, the Warriors kind of shocked me a little bit, um, just because I didn't think that Chris Paul would work with it. I don't know how that's going to work for however many games Chris Paul plays because Chris Paul played at a very fast pace. He was pushing the ball up the floor with the pass, with the dribble. I was like, okay. Um, Cause he's usually a slow paced player. Uh, so we'll see how, how that continues, but they, they really impressed me. I liked how Chris Paul distributed the ball around uh, and everybody else was kind of, they kind of used him as like the Draymond green a little bit. Um, he with him and Dario Sarge, uh, they were kind of just the distributors at the top of the key. Or Chris Paul got into the lane a little bit and kicked out to the shooters. But their first, I remember, I forget, it was like first four or five possessions they got open threes. Like they came right out and got open shot after open shot. And I didn't think that the offense would look that good uh, with Chris Paul. I thought Chris Paul would kind of be the opposite of what they what they are about. And just watch it. Just I know it was a small sample size, one preseason game, but um, it was really impressive to me to kind of see how he fit in that system. I almost made a video right after watching. <laughs> I, I was almost like, did it. Um, I think the thing that we have to keep in perspective is that Draymond Green is not there, mm-hmm. and when Draymond Green is back. Can CP and Draymond be on the floor together? First, because of shooting. Secondly, because of you're having two of the same role on the floor at the same time. Because you like watch that game and it's like CP offers a dimension on the perimeter that Draymond doesn't because you're able to put him in pick and rolls and have like a second option in every action and even doing guard to guard stuff it's more versatile because of Chris Paul and Steph being in that action. Like that's tough to guard the pistol stuff that they did, the guard to guard actions, just little actions where you're just switching up personnel and putting Steph and CP together. That's very tough to guard. But then if you have Draymond on the floor with Looney and clay say that that's the lineup you're having 
two non-shooters on the floor, essentially, where you're able to give space and pack kind of and not worry too much. Um, But I will agree with you that the offense looked almost too good. And I think, actually, the biggest takeaway was the pace. They were getting that ball up the floor. I think the only other team with pace like that was Philly, where I was like, wow, they're going to be tough to guard getting up and down like that. Um, I think in the half court, them and the Boston Celtics had the best pace just because of the amount of movement and action going on. The Suns played really fast too, though. The Suns had good half court pace. That's true. I didn't think that they got out and ran that much. They didn't get out and run, but they got early threes. That was the thing. They got got action though. Like it's like secondary offense. Yeah. Yeah. Like it wasn't that initial Boston, Philly, they got good initial. Warriors even got good initial. But then that secondary offense is where Phoenix was going crazy. Half-court pace, I think Boston and Golden State had the best half-court paces. Philly Philly output third just because, like, the way Chicago had really good pace too, which was interesting because they they weren't like that last year. Um, but you watch, uh, Toronto at all? I did I not. Watched, I watched Toronto's offense. What What's it look like? It was horrible. Actually, it was so stat. It took them the f- whole like half of the first quarter to get like some solid action, and they put Gary. What, I didn't get to watch as much as I wanted to today. I only was really locked in on rewatching that Boston game, mm-hmm. and I got in the first half of Milwaukee. And I was like, okay, Milwaukee, that's going to be one of my I'll, – I'll just segue right into that. Milwaukee, the amount of ball screens. And I'm saying this in a good tone because the personnel that played in their preseason game is not the personnel that's going to be on the floor most of the time. But that offense with Dame and Giannis on the floor, it's going to be deadly, deadly. Because they ran – if you watch – all the ball screens were 1-5 and 4-5. Bobby Portis was running ball screen action and getting downhill in that first preseason game. I'm sitting there like, this is Giannis. This is the touches Giannis is about to get. And then Dame and Pistols, 77s, you're getting all this drags, like that early secondary attack. Milwaukee was really never a heavy ball screen team early and with pace and pop. And Adrian Griffin got them doing that, which I'm happy to see because I think the Bucs have a chance to win it with this roster. I've been high on the Bucs for years now, but um, I think that the ball screen attacks, it's basic actions. They're doing a cool job with like moving X5, manipulating with their personnel because of Brooke Lopez, because of Bochamp offers them a whole new level at the wing. I think that they have the variety that they need to be an elite ball screen team because you're going to never have your help in the spot that you want them to be in without giving up something very good for Milwaukee. Um, I do think it's going to hurt them without having Grayson Allen. He, uh, They have a hole at the wing. And I think Bo- I'm a Bochamp believer. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But I think that 
Milwaukee's offense is going to be really fun to watch all season long. They didn't really run first half and over like real sets. They ran like the pop 45 through handoff reverse slot ball screen. They ran that a couple times, but that's like a basic, I call it a flow set. It's a basic flow set. It's nothing like crazy. It's just, but it's also a ball screen. So, and there's opportunity in that even. You're getting a Giannis stay and pick and roll on the second side. Defense is shifting and you're getting a Giannis Dame pick and roll. Like that's going to be so fun to watch on a nightly basis, but that'll be my second, second takeaway. Yeah, no, I was not able to watch that one. I turned it on and didn't see Dame, but I turned it off. (laughs) I wouldn't be shocked if Dame and Giannis don't play preseason. They probably won't, but we'll see. Um, my third one is going to be probably the Utah Jazz offense. I haven't it, got to watch them. I didn't get to watch them. Oh. It, it was it was a main a main piece of it was like at the beginning was um what's his name uh Taylor Horton Tucker was just like going crazy at the beginning <laughs> but um what's his name kind of struggled a little bit uh Keontae George but his like he ended he up with 20 it. right I I only watched the first half so I don't um like at the beginning he struggled but his feel for the game like you can see it like it's he's gonna be insanely good um and then uh, having I like the only thing is I didn't like how they use like they didn't use what's his name at all. Uh, my gosh, I'm struggling with the jazz today, Jacob. Um, John Collins. I don't think they they didn't really feature him in the offense, but everything else like the ball movement, cutting, player movement, it just looked really nice, and they were getting good shots every time down, especially against the Clippers team, who uh whose defense is – they have a lot of – they didn't really try, but they have good defensive players. Um, and then just from that game also, Paul George played very good to start the game. Like, he was he was going crazy. I was like, whoa. Um, yeah, the, uh, the Jazz offense was something, like, kind of stood out to me. It was good flow. That's basically it. You weren't on the Jazz like I was last year, right? I wasn't, no. So it's probably so, similar to So this is like a revelation. Is this a revelation? Or, I, a revelation? I, already know, I already know tomorrow when I'm – first things first, I'm giving a workout at 8, and right after I'm watching the Spurs-OKC game. That's and then tomorrow. right after that, I'm watching the uh, Raptors. Mm-mm, don't watch them. Go to the Jazz need- first. But I, it was so I'm, ugly. I'm sorry. It was so bad. I just I need to see it. I'm actually the one game that I'm surprised I have like really no desire to watch is the Pacers and Grizz. I watched the end of that. Like they still were playing their guys, or the second quarter. So yeah, they were still playing their guys. It was uh, like the you could tell their car was like run. 
they were Get throwing on, the ball all over the place. Like they were just throwing the ball at the floor. I was like, okay, like, they want to run. I hope Jairus stays humble. I didn't see him at all. He had a big. I, game. I watched like the second half of the second quarter, like last six minutes of the half. But my last takeaway, the Celtics are probably the best roster in basketball. Is that a – I don't even – actually, ignore that. I'm going to say the Boston Celtics have a top three offense in basketball. Regardless of the lineup on the floor, they – the off-ball movement, the pace, the flow, everybody gets the ball in the right spots. They're unselfish. They're looking for each other. Um, I was genuinely impressed with how they played together as a group. And the – yeah, there's some kinks that they need to figure out, especially with the new guys. But – Overall, Missoula ball is a real thing. They know how to sling that thing around, find the best shot possible every time down the floor. They're off ball. I love their away actions. I love the delays. Um, They do a cool uh, double ball screen that's out of like a step up, and they always slip the bottom guy. Like it's kind of like an empty side Spain almost with how the angle is, but it's – just like simple, create a quick advantage, play with the advantage, a ton of great cutting. Um, and then on top of it, they have so many different guys that can be X factors outside of that top six between O'Shea Brissett, Delino Banton, Peyton Pritchard, Sam Hauser, Luke Cornett. Like they, they have a chance to be a special group this year and I think that first preseason game showed a ton of upside and potential for what they can be. Um, And I'm just – I'm fully in on Joe Mazzola. I I would add, but I was not able to watch that. No, you're good. I would recommend. um, I I wanted to, but, you know, you brought the Warriors to – Philly looked good. Did – did they they didn't play their guys as much as Boston did, did they? Philly? Yeah. Philly, it was kind of the same. Like was Max, it? he yeah. Yeah. Tobias Tobias looked really good. No Joel, but Tobias looked like really good. Like think of Siakam touches from the last couple of years. It was Tobias. And Maxi got Maxi got a lot of good looks. Like this offense. Oh yeah, yeah, no. How did how did the offense look with? Uh, Dude, it was the Raptors' Lakers. offense. Was it? I mean, like wide stretch the floor, high and wide, um, load the corners, like weaves, tosses, little shuffles, like creating confusion at the point. Some ball screen coming in, but just a lot of space stampedes go and catch, catch and goes, like trying to get downhill movement. It was some good stuff in terms of like producing high quality attacks. I I enjoyed. I enjoyed deeply. Yeah, that's I want to watch that game. So 
Maybe I'll get to that tomorrow. I do want to watch the uh, Chet Wemby game now too. So, Thunder Spurs. From what I heard from somebody that was watching, the Spurs looked really good. So, Wemby apparently looked incredible. Well, he did put up 20. So, I don't know. We'll watch that one tomorrow. But, is that all you got? Uh, that's all for me. Um, all for me, too. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of the Just Hoops podcast. Um, it's TBD on a video coming out this week. Uh, I think it's possible, but we'll see what happens. Um, in the meantime, though, make sure to check us out on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter to stay up to date on all things basketball. But until next time, peace.